We've got great pride and respect for the rich history of academic and athletic excellence uh, in our conference. I have milked a cow before, and I have been milked. Down on the West Coast, they got a saying. Which is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. I believe that's true. I want to fight somebody. I mean, I want to fight somebody right now. There was a wizard in the stands and some magic on the floor. Jim Herrick and UCLA can hang a banner in Westwood. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. The return of Heck Ed. We just talked about this. Um... But Adam and I went to Heck Edmondson Arena three years ago, and it was, you know, the end of the Romar era. Uh, we saw a lot of potential in that building, not a lot of energy. Cody, have you ever made it up to Seattle? I have not, unfortunately. Great food town. I want to check that out. Yeah. But, um, I've always wanted to go there. It's a- oh, yeah, it's a good one, uh, as are many of the non-truck stops here in the conference. But you boys watched more of this game than I did. How was the environment in Seattle? It used to be a really tough place to play in the Romar's heyday. So I don't like it got a little bit of that thunder back this weekend. It definitely did. And you see it in the way the Wildcats came out. They looked a little bit timid. And granted, we've seen Arizona play timid to start basketball games. Um, so who's to say that this wasn't a byproduct of this team being I don't know, mercurial to some extent, but, um, you know, that place was absolutely going off. Mike Hopkins has got a good thing going on there. Class act, by the way. I know I hate using that term, but Mike Hopkins, real classy, uh, and was very thankful to the dog pound. And, and I think, um, you know, when he asks out of the crowd, they deliver, they get the win. Um, it's the start of something pretty exciting uh, once again up there uh, at Alaska Airlines. The thing is, Alaska Airlines Arena at Heck Edmondson Pavilion. Anyways, we don't need to get into semantics. but They were the, um, one of the earliest ones to do that uh, double name things, I feel like. Oh, interesting. Well, Cody, I know you had some thoughts on, on the Wildcat effort. Um, I, I thought it was a great effort from uh, Washington. Uh, I almost got ahead of myself and said UCLA. <laughs> um, no, Washington played a hell of a game. Um, from the very tip off to honestly the last shot, they were all over the place um, in terms of effort. They were diving for loose balls. They were fired up with the crowd. Um, you know everything that could have gone right for Washington did, and they played a hell of a game. And that's a great point. The things went Washington's way. Things go your way when you make them go your way, right? There's the saying out there: we create our own luck. And at a certain point, Washington was making things break their way, uh, whereas Arizona never really made that happen for themselves uh, until they really, really needed to. Whereas I think Washington brought 40 minutes of it. Arizona brought 15. That was a, probably the 15 minutes you said you saw Spencer, right? Yeah, pretty much. I was only able to catch the last uh, 10 or so minutes of this game. Um, but it's funny because I opened up on our, our talk beforehand saying, you know, 
Uh, tough break. The it was gonna be a tough match always. Anyway, I was impressed with the way they fought back, but I obviously didn't see the hole they dug themselves into. Um, so I can't really speak too much to that. Real quickly, though, we're talking about the class act in Seattle, and for now, I think everyone's kind of happy to see Washington kind of come back as a culture in college basketball. Um, but I understand that Lorenzo Romar got a very warm reception as well. So shout out to sportsmanship and uh, and the rebirth of Husky Nation. Always nice to get a shout out to sportsmanship, especially after I think last week we laughed by talking about it feeling like a relatively chippy season, if I'm not mistaken. There Divisive couple, times. There was some spicy times, I believe, in the uh, ASU Washington game. ASU always seems to get a little chippy, but I guess it's just the maroon and gold. Those colors inspire anger. I completely agree. Um, anything else to add from this game before we kind of talk about Washington in general? I mean, it's, I mean a, a top team loses. I always think it's there's a moment to make hot takes or, or jump to grand conclusions. But ultimately, we know this is not the greatest defensive team that Arizona's ever seen. If we want a silver lining, they demonstrated 15 really good minutes of defense. That was nice. Um, but at the end of the day, this was a tough road game for Arizona. Washington brought it for longer than uh, Arizona did, and they came away with the win. I don't think it really says a ton about Arizona that we didn't maybe already know, except a different result than they've been getting per usual. Well, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a hot take. It's not really a hot take. Um, hit, hit me with it, Cody. This is the Arizona team we've seen all season. This, Agreed. You know, Agreed. Arizona is a team that lacks effort at times, especially on defense. And Sean Miller said it. Deuce Ristic said it. Um, you know, multiple players have alluded to it at times. You know, this team just doesn't give it 40 minutes. Um I think they've maybe given it 40 minutes three times out of their 25, 20, what, 24 games, 25 games they played now. Um, I think we've maybe seen a full 40 uh, three or four times. But this is that Arizona team, and it's kind of a crapshoot when you don't know what you're going to get night in, night out from effort-wise. Um, but you just have to look at them, this team, as knowing that you may only get a half of effort could be the first half, could be the second half. Are you going to get it when you're down 15 points, or are you going to get it when you're up by five and you pull away? You know, It's kind of a crapshoot right now with this team, and that's what I think makes watching them so frustrating because you know they're one of the most talented teams in the conference and you know, for whatever reason just aren't putting it together. We have a relatively short one tonight, so I want to kind of get the focus back to Washington. They are the team of the week. They slowly crept onto the wrong side of the bubble coming into last week. I mean, they, they were under the radar for the most part. Um, they had won, you know, two in a row, uh, but they they have no bad losses. We talked about the resume that it's a pretty good resume that there's nothing to really pick at, and they've got those big wins, uh, namely Kansas and USC on the road, also a good one. But after this win, after this pair of wins, I should say, uh, and we mentioned it last week, if they want to be in the bubble conversation, they have to win. Both of these games this weekend. That's done. Matt, now they're on the like firmly on the right side of the bubble. Bracket Matrix has them uh, in between at, at a ten seed in between nine seed Arizona State and eleven seed USC. So suddenly they're they're looking really comfy. How volatile is this position they have 
on the right side of the bubble. They're, they're probably about 10 teams in at this point. Um, and then they have a tough, tough weekend coming up on the road in Oregon. So you got to wonder how they can hold this up. Um, but really, you guys, I mean, how volatile a position are they in right now? I think Washington's in. I think they're pretty, you know, maybe not firmly in. Well, they're in today, but I'm talking yeah. about, you know, in, in a month and a half, how many how many games realistically can they lose or this and that? I mean, um, um, what's the volatility of their bubble standing? Uh, two or three, um, depending on how well they do in the tournament. Um, when you look around at some of the other teams in the, in the country right now, you know, there's not a whole lot of teams they can say, They've beaten now what four four top fifty Ken Palm teams that are you know on the bubble. So that's just one of those things where you look at that and that that's a stat right there. I don't know I don't know if USC is still top fifty or not. They are. Um, but that that that's a tremendous stat. And 46. when you look at the fact that they haven't won lost a whole lot of bad games, um, you look at their resume and you say, Hey, this team should be in easy. But they may be a seven or an eight seed right now. Uh, Adam, realistically, I mean, what what uh, does Washington do to stay in this position? You think, Adam? You may have lost Adam for a minute here. Um, I mostly. Uh, oh, go ahead. My bad. Um, as courtesy to you all, I'm going on mute when not speaking, and sometimes hard. Hard to find the mute button. Uh, I think I'm with Cody. I think Washington's pretty squarely in. It's kind of interesting that uh, some preseason expectations are maybe kind of what's holding them back from sitting around where they might uh, be, be if they were perhaps considered like a top 30, top 40 preseason team. Uh, nevertheless, uh, I, I won't venture to project exactly what I think they should be, could be, but they most certainly control their destiny with a modestly favorable uh, rest of the schedule. So um, if you're Washington, you are definitely uh, a fan of where you're sitting today with quite a bit of potential to, to make a run up into that, um, you know, seven, seven and eight seed range, like Cody mentioned. They play Eugene tomorrow. And then uh, in Corvallis on Saturday. And then they have a stretch where outside of Stanford on the road, you know, no, I mean, the Mountain School's at home, the Oregon School's at home, Cal on the road, those are all just, they can only damage their reputation or their uh, profile. So if you ask me, a split this weekend, they're still riding great. If they sweep this weekend, they might actually have enough leeway to blow a couple of bad games. But they got to take care of those games that they should win. And, I, and I'd have to agree. I mean, as long as they don't have any blunders, the conference isn't very good. You can safely expect them. Um, you, you can expect them to be in a semifinal, I, I feel like. But suddenly we might have four teams. We were looking for that fourth team all year. And it's funny how the outside chance of a fourth team, and now it's an outside chance of Washington not being it, it almost seems like. Uh, real quick around the conference. Oh, go ahead. It's funny you say it's funny you say that because one of the questions I want to ask you guys is after this weekend, is Arizona State playing themselves out of the tournament at this point? They're, they're trying to, but I still feel like they have enough strength of, of I mean, Xavier continues to be a great, I mean, the best win on the year. Even when they beat Kansas, uh, Xavier at the time was still their best win on the year and one of the best wins 
in the country having your profile. Um, I still think they got to lose quite a bit more to play themselves completely out of the tournament. Um, also, fun fact, to my knowledge, Bobby Hurley has never swept a Pac-12 weekend home or away. And I'm looking that up, and that's, that's a fact. He's never won a Pac-12 weekend home or away, and that continues. So to, if he goes 500 to end the season, ugh. but um, <laughs> I don't know. I think they've got to lose some bad games if they want to play themselves out of the tournament. Well, when you talk about you know, only winning, uh, you know, how, bad the, how bad the conference is with only getting maybe three or four teams in the tournament, but ASU splitting every weekend, home and away, that, you know, that's, that's tough to take. Well, the conference would be nothing if it were not for Arizona State. Nothing. Right? And they're the best ah. team. So the best team should go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real quick, though, being lost in this fact is the win at Utah. I mean, we don't talk about what they've done in conference because it's been bad. But that win in Utah also is a, is a pretty good mark. I mean, it's, it's a tier A win in KP. Um, so I think they got to lose either a lot or to Cal or Stanford at home at the end of the year to really put themselves on the other side of the bubble. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, they're they're in the tournament pretty succinctly, squarely at this point, but they definitely have uh, are going to put in uh, going to have to demonstrate that they deserve a spot um, over the next couple of weeks. And um, ultimately, I think they're going to kind of return to their mean, which is a better team than they've shown in the Pac-12. Um, but I could be wrong. Like I haven't followed like their rotations and whatnot. Uh, they've relied a lot on um, uh, the springy Ohio State transfer rather than <clears throat> Duquan Lyle and Romello White. But um, you know, I, I a lot of basketball left for, for Arizona State, and none of it gets particularly easier um, having to host Arizona, host the LA schools, and then travel to Oregon. So it's tough for them. Let's look ahead to this weekend. Um, I think about two weeks ago, most people kind of thought, you know, Arizona was going to was just going to kind of do this conference season, uh, probably have it sealed up maybe a week or two beforehand. But now they sit one game behind both, um, you know, USC and Washington. USC has done this very quietly. I know they lost last week to UCLA, but they had won six straight prior to that. They have a huge – they don't have a great profile. Uh, they have a good team. We talked about their composition, a mix of uh, really athletic potential NBA talent along with veteran uh, NBA t- – or on top of that being veterans. This is a big weekend for them. I feel like they've got to win at Arizona State because you can't expect to win in Tucson. Uh, but they need one of these big profile wins this weekend. Otherwise, they're going to be in danger of not being able to really put together – that nail in the coffin of their at-large berth. What do you guys think? Anyone? Anyone at all? Cody, you there? Yeah, you got to run on the head uh, there with needing a win this weekend. And I think that it's kind of desperation mode for them at this point just because they didn't really have that good of a non-conference season. And they're still kind of, you can tell when you watch them, they're still a little unsure 
of themselves without DeAnthony Melton. And I know that that's kind of a, you know, not necessarily something that they were counting on, but coming into the season, I'm sure they were expecting for him to fill a lot of roles that they're having to find other players do now. And they're still a little unsure of that when you look at them sometimes. The last UCLA was, you know, something that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Um, they didn't necessarily look like they were tremendously you know, into the game at times. And uh, I think they definitely need at least one this weekend. Um, if they can get two, even better. A sweep, a sweep would be bad. I mean, getting swept would be would put them squarely on the bubble, if not out. I well, think getting I mean, Benny Boat right back would be huge. I don't, that goes without saying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on. The team has never looked – they've just looked more talented than the other teams, um, but not always like the better team. Um, and getting at least one win this weekend is going to be absolutely critical for their uh, postseason chances. But I do think that they're definitely trending on the more positive side than, than, than you guys may have outlined. Well, if they don't win this weekend, I think they play themselves – it's not so much if they play themselves on the wrongs out of the tournament for the time being as they don't really have a chance to make any statements the rest of the year. Sure, you can try to win a couple games on the road in the mountain time zone, but you're, you're most likely, odds are, you're not sweeping that. So you take a loss there. And a home win against UCLA probably doesn't give you much clout either in the committee room. So they don't have much other opportunities. And, you know, in, in leagues that have six, seven teams that are tournament ready... Those bubble teams that are in the SEC or in the uh, ACC, they're going to have all the opportunities in the world to lose quality, lo- have quality losses, and then win games that are squarely on their profile. So that's the problem I see with USC is they don't have a lot of opportunity, and and that's why this weekend's so big. Well, also I think if if USC loses to Arizona. Like if there's on what a, is it a two game lead or a three game lead in right. the conference? If USC loses Arizona, it'd be two on USC. But it would but be I mean, have, they're only one they back. Have a Washington's so one back. Be three games. Washington's one back and has the tiebreaker. Oh, that's right. On Arizona, anyway. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. I know Adam's already signed off. Um, again, we're going to do a quick one this week. Really just try to capture what seems like, and I apologize to some of the other member conference or conference member fan bases or fans are listening, but the only four teams that really matter right now in the Pac-12, uh, the ones that have any shot. I think Utah's effectively played itself out of an at-large consideration. Um, anything else happen this week that's noteworthy, Cody? Oh, we had uh, we had another ASU media moment. Yeah, Trey Holder saying bear down. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I enjoy you know, two, it. Two slip-ups in, in as many weeks for ASU. I guess they're just trying to stay relevant. Yeah, well, you got to get in the news somehow. I think all, that, all I press think, is good press, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that'll do it for us this week on the Podcast of Champions. I'm going to be in Australia the next two weeks, but we're going to try to make this thing work and watch the cats from abroad which actually shouldn't be very hard because I mostly just watch Cats games on illegal streams anyway. Um, so hopefully that'll work just fine. Uh, Cody, real quick, I mean, both of these games are kind of scary for this Arizona team. What do you expect from them this week? Uh, I actually expect Arizona to sweep. I know that that seems 
Um, it's a little rosy coming from you. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think Arizona's going to play well, play bad at home, should I say. Um, you, I don't think UCLA is that much of a game, and also we know that Sean Miller and company have a deep hatred for Steve Alford, so I know that everyone will be up for that game. Uh, and then USC, like I said earlier, they're kind of in a no-man's land with what they're doing right now, and I don't think that they're going to have it in them to win a bunch of games in the desert this week. Maybe they knock off ASU. We'll see. Uh, but it's a tough road trip to come to Phoenix and Arizona, or Tucson now. So, you know, I think USC probably gets swept, and UCLA maybe takes one or two. But I look for at least uh, probably three wins out of the Arizona schools. And a classic split from our boy Bobby. Uh, yeah, we'll call it that. Uh, and then up north, um, do you think Washington, do you like the chances of them sweeping on the road in the uh, in Oregon? It's just so difficult to get a feel, not on them, but on Oregon. Oregon State's not a good team. I expect Washington to win there pretty easily. Um, do you, do you, they get they get Oregon first, right? Um, shoot, I need to move around a little bit. They get Oregon first tomorrow. Yeah, you you because you worry about the the hangover after the last two wins, uh, and that Oregon squad is a team that. They're good, but they just got blown out by Stanford. And I just saw that box score. I, I had no idea they lost by 35 at Stanford. <laughs> Holy you know, that, shit. That, is, that was a brutal game, and Stanford was really putting it together. Um, now that they've got uh, the Landry Fields back, they're finally – not, not Landry Fields. Um, Landry Fields is in the NBA. Um, um, you're talking, uh, I, I forget his name too. The point guard. Yeah. Uh, they got him back. They're really rolling. <laughs> they got their freshman playing well. Uh, everything is, is clicking for Stanford. Uh, but that Oregon team, they're just so wishy-washy. Dejon Davis. Um, and, yeah, he's good. Um, they have someone else too that just came back from injury, um, mid-season. Um, but yeah, and back to Washington. Um, I like Washington to win, too, this weekend as well on the road uh, with an asterisk next to that Oregon game because you never really know which Oregon team is going to show up. Yeah, I think it's still going to be a tough weekend to do a split there. Uh, Washington's not a superhero team, I don't think. I mean, it's easy. It's, it's one thing to beat the two, be- two of the better schools at home in a weekend, but any road weekend is going to be tough. I, I expect a split there, but I don't think it really hurts their momentum they have. Uh, they just need to not have any bad losses coming down the stretch. Which we've already said. We might be repeating ourselves a little bit. Cody, you have yourself a good one. Next time I talk to you, I'll be, um, well, my toilets will be flushing the other way. I'll be down under. Yeah, down under, mate. Uh, see the rest of you next week in the Podcast of Champions. See you. All right.